Welcome to the Let the Truth Be Told podcast with me, Apostle Jennifer Abigail Lawson Wallace. I'm the co-founder of Cedars House Christian International, a ministry dedicated to raising believers in Christ. I'm also the founder and international president of Women in Tune, a global army of women faithfully worshiping and serving Jesus Christ. My passion is to teach, train, and disciple men, women, their youth, and leaders to get more intimate with the Lord and serve Him. The aim of this podcast is to bring the truth of God's Word to the body of Christ. Therefore, you can expect in-depth teachings for those who are young in their faith, as well as those who are serious with their Christian walk and want to grow. Be ready to be strengthened, equipped, and empowered in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen to the Let the Truth Be Told podcast. Psalm 48, verses 12 to 14 says, Walk about Zion and go all around her. Count her towers. Mark well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces that you may tell it to the generation following. For this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. For the past few weeks, we've been doing exactly what the scripture says. We've been walking about Zion. And we've been trying to rediscover the church of Jesus Christ. To know her identity. To discover her purpose. To discover her very mandate and mission upon the earth. And we concluded the last episode by talking about her role as a king, for we are the royal priesthood. We are priests and kings to our God. In this episode, we're going to talk about the final mission of the church, and that is to disciple the nation. Let's go back to Matthew 28 and look at the Great Commission, Matthew's account of the Great Commission. It says in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. The mission of the church, like we said in previous episodes, begins with Christ. The mandate of the Great Commission defines the mission or the assignment of the church. In the Great Commission, Christ gave the instruction to go out, therefore, to preach the gospel, to disciple and build the church, and to disciple the nation, teaching them to observe the things that Christ has taught us. Hallelujah. Everything the church does must fall within the instructions given in the Great Commission. And we've looked at the other ones. We've looked at going, preaching the gospel. We've looked at discipling the church. We're looking at discipling the nation. Now, to understand the heart of Jesus concerning the nations, we need to turn to Psalm 2. Psalm 2 talks about the nations raging, the people rebelling against the Lord, seeking to do their own thing, 
seeking their own law, seeking to abandon or reject God's laws and ways. But it says that the one who sits in the heavens, the eternal God, laughs. He finds it funny that humanity would seek to cast off the restraints of his word and his command. His very word that brought all things into manifestation. The power of his word. He says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. Why? Because he has a king already upon the earth, ruling from Zion. And then we come to verse 7, which says, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. This is about Jesus Christ, that the earth and the nations have been promised to him by his father. He said, you are my son, the only begotten of the father. He said, ask of me, I will give you the nations. Well, Jesus has overcome Satan. Jesus has conquered. Jesus is seated in glory. And the father now is seeking to fulfill his promise to him by giving him the nations, bringing the nations of the world to live within the confines of the kingdom. So Jesus did not come to get individuals saved. He came to save and reclaim the nations of the world. Every nation must hear the good news. This is the final part of church mission. This is what we have been sent out to do. A mission is when someone sends you out to fulfill an assignment. This is part of our assignment on the earth. Hallelujah. The church is to disciple the nation and establish the kingdom of God within the particular nation that the church resides in. Now, I want to say this. If the church fulfills her mission to evangelize, go out and make disciples, and then fulfills her mission to disciple the church, baptize them, and begin to teach them the ways of God, the church will disciple the nation. All believers of Jesus Christ must be trained, must be equipped with this in mind. That is not just about us, but it is about the nation. It starts from even your own tribe, your own clan, your own family. That is how small it can get, your own home. Hallelujah. Having authority and using it to bring the people in your own home to do the will of God. It is possible because we have been given authority. Hallelujah. So I said that if the church fulfills her mission to disciple the believer, the church will fulfill her mission to disciple the nation. Through every believer being discipled, the church will disciple the people around them and will disciple the nation. We have read the scripture all throughout the series, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, where Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. This represents our home. The, the, the territory we are familiar with. It represents our community. It represents our cities, towns. It represents the nations. 
and represents the entire world. Hallelujah. We talked of the church as the royal priesthood. If the church is fulfilling her role as the royal priesthood, the church will accomplish her mission of discipling the nation. Hallelujah. I'll put some scriptures uh, for your reference on the screen. You may read them. Hallelujah. So let's look further at discipling the nation. I want us to turn to the book of Micah. Micah chapter 4 verses 1 to 5. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Verse 1. And it will come about in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and the people will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob that he may teach us about his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For from Zion will go forth the law, even the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse 3, and he will judge between many peoples and render decisions for mighty distant nations. Then they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation and never again will they train for war. Each of them will sit under his vine and under his fig tree with no one to make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. Though all the people walk each in the name of his God, as for us, we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. Actually, when I read this scripture, I think of the United Nations. This is what the United Nations is trying to do, to bring peace to the place of peace where nation is not raising up itself against another nation. As much as the United Nations is trying, it has still not accomplished it because it will only be accomplished in Jesus Christ. You find the same scripture in Isaiah chapter 2 verses 1 to 4. But this scripture talks about a future kingdom. That is Micah chapter 4 verses 1 to 5. It talks about a future kingdom glory in the nations. It's yet to be attained, but God is working on the church because it's through the church that God will achieve this goal. Hallelujah. You see, when the church is discipled and when the church is operating as the royal priesthood, the church will disciple the nation. The discipling of the nation will bring about cultural transformation. This is what God is seeking to do. When we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on the earth, we are seeking to bring transformation even to the very mountains of culture. The Bible says in Micah, we've just read, that the mountain of the Lord's house, that is the church, shall be established upon the mountains and raised above all other hills. What is a mountain? A mountain is an elevation. A mountain signifies authority, power, stronghold, and dominion. A mountain signifies influence. It defines the landscape of a territory. If you've been to some countries, I went to Utah and I was amazed at the mountains I saw. I've seen many mountains in many nations and I'm always amazed. 
And he's saying that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be high. Because the mountain defines the territory. It defines the landscape of the territory. The one thing that has the greatest influence is culture. Hallelujah. Micah prophesied that the authority, the power, the influence of the Lord's house, that's the church, shall be established above all authority, power, and dominion. It shall be established in government. It shall be established upon the mountains of our culture. I'll come to that in a minute. We need to understand that, that Jesus Christ is about cultural transformation. And it is possible, I will show you in a minute. It's not that we will all become uniform, all wear the same clothes, all wear, all eat the same food. No, that is not what I'm talking about. Because we've already established in the book of Romans that the kingdom is not food and drink. It's not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God has plans for the nations. Listen, recently I was in one country. And actually, I was in Ghana. And when I was in Ghana, I had a dream. In the dream, I was making declarations, making declarations. And I didn't remember. When I woke up, I didn't remember the declarations I was making. But then I had a picture of Jesus Christ as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then I had a vision of a large canopy. The canopy was covered with the flag of Ghana. And the flag was wrapped around its four poles. It looked very glorious. Then I saw the same canopy stripped of the flag and it didn't look nice. It, like, it, it, it was like it had been stripped of its glory. And then I saw a large field. And in that field, I saw people. They had the flag of Ghana wrapped around them. And they were waving. Some were waving their flags. And I heard the Lord say, declare what is written in the scroll concerning Ghana. And I was taken to Psalm 40, verses 6 and 7, which I'm going to read. Psalm 40, verses 6 and 7. It says, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O God, and your law is written in my heart. That is Psalm 40, verses 6 to 8. And God was saying, declare what is written in the scroll concerning Ghana. The scripture says it's not about sacrifices and burnt offerings. It's not about the things we bring to God. But it is about living right. And it says that in the scroll it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O God. And your law is written in my heart. And the Lord showed me that this is actually God's intention for the people of Ghana. That there will be a people who delight to do the will of God. And upon whose heart his law is written. For me, it became a big responsibility to mobilize the church in Ghana to begin to pray. Why did I share this story? I'm saying that God's intention for the nations is that his rule, his kingdom shall prevail in the nation. 
until the people do what is right, until the people live right, until the corruption is overcome, until we become the people that God ordained for us to be. Hallelujah. And when that happens, I'm saying that it transforms the culture. Because when the people do wrong, it becomes a cultural thing. They will say of certain nations, these people are liars. I've been to one, one country. They said, as for this tribe, everybody knows them as liars. It has become a cultural thing to lie. Some are corrupt culturally. We hear all these things because everybody does it. And God is saying that through the church, he will bring kingdom transformation into every culture. Hallelujah. Culture has the greatest influence over individuals, people, and nations. What is culture? Culture is a term used to describe the way most people think and live. That's why I said, you find, they'll say, oh, this culture, they are like this, this culture, they are like that. So it's the way most people within a given group or society or community or nation, the way they live is their ideas, their traditions, their customs, their norms, and their art. You see a lot of how the people live or what they believe in their art. This is the essence of culture. It's a social environment created by human beings. And it is reflected in the lives of the people. In, it includes their religious beliefs, their social norms, etc., etc., political factors. Now, sociologists tell us that culture has seven key mountains. And these mountains are language and communication, including the media. Marriage and family is the second one. Government is the third one. Socioeconomy. Education. The sixth one is the arts. That's the architecture, attire, dance, etc. And then the seventh one is religion, their perception of God and their relationship or their perception of the supernatural and their relationship with, with God. So these seven key areas of language and communication, marriage and family, government, the socioeconomy, education, arts, religion, etc. If we are to take what Micah is saying, in order to transform our nations, we must transform culture. And that transformation means that the kingdom of God is coming as a social reality in our nations. And it also means that the church must disciple the nation in every one of these mountains to do what is right before God. In order to transform culture and establish God's kingdom as a social reality, the church must disciple the nation in God's ways of righteousness, peace, and joy. In order to disciple the nation in God's ways of righteousness, peace, and joy, the church must seek and work to spread her influence in every one of the mountains. Because it says that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established above the mountains. By the power of the gospel and in fulfillment of her mandate and mission, the church must influence the nation in all the seven areas that I mentioned. I remember uh, 
I think the 300th anniversary of the King James Bible, a small booklet was created and it showed how much the Bible influenced the English language. That there are many phrases we use in the English language, we come directly from the Bible. I still have copies of, of that because I bought copies and sent it out to many people. The church must influence on all the seven mountains, marriage and family. The church must lead with that. Right now, I can't say we are leading. Actually, we are following the world in determining marriage and family, government, socioeconomy, education, art, religion, all the seven mountains, the church must spread her influence in every one of these. And really, it won't be that difficult because there are believers in all of these places and all of these mountains. And if we have discipled them well, they will be instruments of righteousness wherever they are. Hallelujah. Again, like I said, by the power of the gospel and by fulfilling the mandate of the Great Commission, go, preach good news, disciple and build the church. The church must influence the nation and bring the nation in all the seven areas in alignment with the word and ways of God. We will influence the people wherever we are to act and live right. As the church's influence spreads in the nation, the nation will begin to look up and see guidance. The more that the church shows herself responsible, the more people will turn to us for guidance. When you see the people of the world ignoring us, it means we have become irrelevant. We have sought to be relevant by becoming like the people of the world. And that is one of our biggest mistakes because the people of the world are looking for solutions. So if we become like them, we have become part of the problem. It is time for us to stand up and stand up as unique. Stand up as being the righteousness of God because of Christ Jesus. Stand up for Jesus, that the world will know that there is a solution. Hallelujah. The world will turn to us and seek guidance from the church. Somebody said, there is no clear voice of the church now. We hear noise. That's what someone said. And that's a sad fact. Because we are not united. All the things I talked about in previous episodes about discipleship, we have not worked on. But thank God there is hope because the Holy Spirit is seeking to do these things with us, starting from you and I. Hallelujah. The church will have a voice to declare, boldly declare God's path of righteousness, peace, justice, and joy. Hallelujah. On every one of the seven mountains. Hallelujah. We need to become more aware of this aspect of the church's mission and deliberately take steps to fulfill this role. We shall continue this teaching about the church's influence in the nations in the next episode. God bless you. I hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and perhaps even challenged by this message. You may also watch teachings related to this message and other topics on my Let the Truth Be Told YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to. 
I'd love to hear from you, so please do sign up to our email list at letthetruthbetold at cedeshouse.org and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. To find out more about me, Jennifer Abigail Lawson Wallace, our ministry and the work we do, visit our websites, womenintune.org, quiverprayermovement.org and cedeshouse.org. You may join our community on social media and engage with us there. This podcast was sponsored by Sublime Gifts, home of elegant, bespoke Christian gifts, from personalized cards and cushions to devotionals and luxury picture frames. Please do remember to visit their website, sublimegiftsuk.com. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to download and listen to the podcast. God bless you.